Thursday. This is Back from the Brink, and I'm Todd Brinker. Aaron will be joining us momentarily. Happy, happy Thursday to you all. Yes, it is the 1st of April. That is April Fool's Day to you and me and all those who like to have a little fun. So far, I've only seen one good thing sort of happening on the news wires in terms of April Fool's jokes. I thought it was kind of cute. Uh, Bruce Arians, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, got a Super Bowl tattoo. Uh, apparently it was his first tattoo, but he had basically told a friend or made a bet or whatever that, you know, if they win, he would get a tattoo commemorating it. So he did, and, it, you know, basically has the Tampa Bay logo and the fact that what the score was and, and uh, you know, Super Bowl, what was it, uh, 54, so L-I-V, is what it is, but instead of an eye, they put he put the um, the Lombardi Trophy in there because it kind of looks like an eye. It's a tower with a football on top, so kind of cool. Also, it basically sort of phonetically spells live, which is kind of cool as well. So anyway, in response, Tom Brady said, uh, love the look, and got one too, and then showed a picture of him with a picture of Bruce Arian, his coach, on his leg. <laughs> holding up a beer, which, uh, you know, sort of like, you know, hold my beer or here's to you, um, which obviously he didn't actually get there. They had that photoshopped on, but uh, and they showed the photo that he had used of uh, Arians basically sitting down holding up. A, they had these like metal cans that are like 16 ounce cans that uh, look like a bottle. They're shaped like a bottle with a long neck on them. And so he was holding up the bottle of uh, what looked, appeared to be uh, Bud Light. Um yeah, Arian seems like he's kind of a regular guy, and uh, and so I thought that was pretty funny that uh, Brady shoots back at him, hey, love the look, think I'll join you, or something like that, and then puts <laughs> has a picture of the coach on his body. Here's Aaron. Let's have her join us. Happy Thursday to you. <laughs> Happy Thursday to you. I'm sorry you broke up. What? I said, happy Thursday to you. Ah, well, thank you very much. I'm enjoying it immensely. So, um, how's the weather out there today? Since we didn't have weather, you you can now see it. It is beautiful. It's 56. Beautiful, hmm. and yeah, it looks great. Ah, you dropped out again, and then you came back kind of um, uh, very... It is- High pitched, you like lost beautiful. some of your dynamic range. There we go, clear and beautiful. Here in Corona, it is sixty five and clear, according to the uh, dark sky folks. Uh, oh, it's fifty six here. Yeah, so it's quite a bit warmer over here in Corona. Interesting. Um, yeah, who knows? Today we're expecting a high of ninety one, though. It's going to be toasty. Going to be toasty. <sighs> I'm not ready for summer weather, Todd. I'm really not. I have been told, I haven't looked that far ahead myself, but that next week it's going to be cooler. But I'm looking into next week, and it's still, I think Monday's the coolest, and it's still going to be in the mid-80s most of the week. So, yeah, you know. And the sad thing is, is you know, if that was our summer, I would love it. But the fact of the matter is, is 80s is springtime weather because, you know, we're talking 90s and 100s over the summer here. 
So, and I'm I'm yeah. I'm with you. I'm not a huge fan of the really hot weather. I I prefer the the cooler evenings and the moderate days. Uh, we should move to the mountains. You know. Yeah. I really I like it. In Juno, move to Alaska. <laughs> uh, I like Eureka. I really like that town. We visited not long ago, and I really liked Eureka. Um, it's a big enough town that you don't feel like you're in in the Tulies, and yet if you're not like right in the town, you feel like you're in the mountains or the hillside. Yet you're right next to the ocean, so it's moderate weather, um, beautiful green, lush. Um, you know, just yeah, I like that a lot. I really liked Eureka. Mm, a place to retire. Yeah. Although it's in California, so it's probably not the best place to retire because it's expensive. Uh, expensive, I know. Yeah. So. But it was so beautiful, I, you know, absolutely beautiful place. I, you know, think about other countries where you'd like to retire. Because there are places where you can live cheap, more mm-hmm. cheaply than you can in the United States. And they're beautiful, too. Yeah, such you know, as name anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. To, well, yeah. I'm probably not Singapore or Hong Kong, but you can go to Argentina or mm-hmm. Chile or Ecuador. Yeah. You've got to learn to hablar español. Yeah, yeah. You'll have to learn another language to, to be able to, uh, you know, get around. I think, too, though, that in some of those places you give up some of the things that you expect here. You know, in terms of just infrastructure and, and, you know, but so it's a slightly different way of life, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It just means you've got to kind of, you know, alter your expectations. Living in, in, in places where you can live more cheaply also means that, that you don't live quite the exact same lifestyle that you have when you're living in the United States. Um, but again, not necessarily a bad thing, just different. Yes. Or like Cartagena, Colombia, which is a, it's on the Caribbean. It is it is gorgeous and and you know I uh, I think in most Americans' mind that yeah I was gonna say you're going where I was thinking I think most people think of you say Colombia at all and Cartagena in particular and they think of you know romancing the stone and drug runners and 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 you know murders and thieves running the place and 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 fake you know and uh, you know. untrustworthy uh, uh, law enforcement. Of course, there's a lot of people who feel that that's the case here in the United States, too. So, again, maybe not so different. Um, You know, it just... uh, uh, Yeah, exactly. That's Hollywood. The reality is going to be different. So... But I think a lot of people fear that, you know? They don't know. Yeah, they don't... Yeah, I mean, I get it. I do. I get it. So, but and the, and the only other problem with that is that, you know, at some point, I hope that both of us, you know, our respective families, we have grandchildren, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't want to be ten thousand miles away from my grandchild. You still there, Todd? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah, you, that's the other thing is you have to live with being a, a long way from family, right? And so it's yeah. you know whether or not that makes sense the uh cia.gov world factbook columbia travel facts let's see what they have to say the u.s department of state currently recommends u.s citizens reconsider travel to columbia oh that's due to covid19 okay all right uh yeah yeah 
You should make sure your passport will not expire for at least six months after you enter the country, even if you do not intend to stay that long. They should also, <laughs> meaning they may not let you leave when you think you're going to, or you may not be able to leave when you think. <laughs> make sure you have at least one no, blank page in your passport for every. Yeah. Uh, make sure you have a blank page for every entry stamp that will be required. Uh, visa is not required as long as you do not stay in the country more than 89 days. So if you're in the country 89 days, you're, you're 90 days, then you're you're in violation and you need to get a visa stamp. Otherwise, you can just go visit. But you could go 89 days down to Colombia. You could step across the border, get your visa stamped when you step across the border into a neighboring country and then step back across the border and you're good for another 89 days. Um Hey, they use 110 60 hertz cool. voltage, just like us. Same kind of plugs. So you don't have to worry about any kind of uh, power converters. That's always a positive for your electronics. You have to have an international certificate of vaccination for yellow fever uh, before you no. can enter the country. Yellow fever is ugly. That's bad. Yeah, yeah and that's the only one. Uh, they are... 79% Catholic and 49% Protestant, only 2% other and 5% unspecified. So they're mostly Christian country. Major language is Spanish. And they say you should drink bottled water. If you plan to drive in Colombia, you will need an inter-American driving permit issued by AAA. Oh. I didn't know that. We could do an that. Interim. Yeah, we could go to AAA. Columbia. I'm a member of AAA. I could do that. Me too. They, ooh, they have the Salt Cathedral, the uh, Tehrona National Park. Let's see. Look up Cartagena. Look up Cartagena. It is beautiful. Let's see. Roses are well-received gifts, but marigolds and lilies are disliked because of their association with funerals. 10% tip is common in restaurants. Taxi drivers are rarely tipped. There's a lot of good information here. Um, let's see if I can find what it says about Cartagena specifically. This is uh, a there's like a PDF that 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 uh, that, that the CIA well, does in their their World uh, Factbook. That's kind of cool. I, I I'm just going through the World Factbook. That's all I was doing right now. I can switch over to Cartagena. I I I've seen. I mean, hey, I watched Romancing the Sun. It was beautiful. Even though there well, was I don't know crazy. Was yeah, there was character. You know, a crazy caricatures of human beings running around in that movie but but it was basically a cartoon with live action people but it was you know the the place was, was gorgeous ridiculous. yes carta so, carta there it is cartagena cartagena <laughs> colombia it's such a nice uh you know visual thing to be sharing with people as i'm like looking at pictures of card no it is it is a gorgeous city and it looks like it's uh, got a you know it's a big modern city but it's also got a beautiful historic district um it just oh, yeah. uh it, it you know and i guess old, it, it old has been populated field. since 4000 bc so it's been around a while um wow yeah wow there's a pre-columbian era yeah, and it's at the very northern end of the country, just um, past, well, not just past, but before uh, South America actually attaches, attaches to Central America and heads north. So, um, and I think that uh, right above it, that is um, uh, uh, Panama, right? Yes. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yes. Because the Panama Canal should go through there in, this, in the little skinny area. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, beautiful place. Beautiful place. They, you can visit uh, uh, restored prehistoric villages. You can see what some of the um, the un, unearthed arc, uh, uh, stuff. They've, they've recreated some of that so you can see what it was like then. Um, and, uh, you know, lots and in of their history older about... section of the city, it's got this real, really beautiful old Spanish feel. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from the pictures, it's like, oh, we have a Colombian daughter, Jimena, and, um, you know, she uh, went to, to Cartagena and took beautiful pictures uh, of, you know, well, of course, she was there to be on the beach. She The beaches there are gorgeous, as all Caribbean yeah. beaches tend to be. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, mm-hmm. it was nice. Uh, so that's yeah. one of the places I want to go. They've got a historic uh, uh, area that's eleven with an eleven-kilometer defensive wall around it. These big, giant stone walls. It was built in the 1580s to protect the city from pirates. Arr! So, uh, <laughs> twas a real thing, you know. Big stone walls with with cannon on top to keep away the uh, the dread pirate Roberts. Oh no, not that. The wrong wrong story. Um, the dread pirate Roberts. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is it rodents of unusual size? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So So it looks it looks uh, absolutely beautiful, and it would be a fun place to visit, especially if you know Jimena was there with us, so we would have somebody to translate, or if we spent the time and effort to actually be uh, fluent in Spanish. I mean, I could. I've been in the Southwest long enough that I understand enough to kind of bumble my way along, but um, I'm certainly not fluent in the language at all. So I put a little effort forward, maybe I can and get I, there. And I have to say, the Spanish that the Colombians speak is beautiful. Like it's better Spanish the than the other Spanish itself, speakers. <laughs> it is be- well, everybody has their own accent, right? Sure, there's Spanish dialects, yeah. The Spanish- right, and in Colombians, right. they speak. Their, their Spanish is beautiful. Sounds yeah, beautiful to me. I think it, it to me it, it's a little it has a little bit more of a rhythm to it because I think um, it, maybe there's some influence from Brazil, and they speak mostly Portuguese in Brazil, but Portuguese has more of a flow to it, and I think that kind of affects some of the Spanish dialects in Southern Cali- or Southern uh, America, South America. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I more like so than like Mexico and and, from, and Spain. It's different from Bolivia. And it's different from. Ecuadorian, it's different from, um, mm-hmm. you know, Argentinian. Everybody has their own dialect. Yeah, well, just like in the U.S., you know, if if you're good at dialects, you can tell if somebody's from, like, say, you know, Louisiana versus Alabama, right? They're Southern, and then they're Southern in yes. Kentucky. They all sound Southern to the uneducated ear, like a Southern accent, but there isn't really a Southern accent. There is a variety of Southern accents from different areas in the South. You know, and they're all influenced slightly differently by the people who settled there, you know, and the yeah. culture that grew up around that. And that's the same with Spanish languages in a variety of, I mean, the same, you know, we, we talk about, you know, that versus, say, like what we hear from Mexico. But even, you know, people who are, who are from Mexico can tell by dialects what part of Mexico you're probably from because they, too, have, you know, yeah. different sounding and different ways of, of uh, pronunciating in uh, their, you know, things in their language in different areas of their country. And so, uh, you know, no surprise. It's just to an untrained ear, it's sort of, you know, it's a language you don't understand. And so, it, you know, just kind of goes, I would suspect the same thing's true of probably um, 
you know, how Chinese people speak over the course of different areas and regions in China. And, you know, same thing for people who speak Russian in Russia. There's, you know, uh, it's a big place, so there's going to be lots of different varieties of language spoken there. Yes. So, cool. I like it. I like Viva la différence. Except in France, where everybody speaks exactly the same because it's the law. <laughs> well, and the phrase "Viva la différence" is really about men and women. I know, I know it is, but <laughs> it's clearly not about language in France. They're very France. They're very serious about that. You're they not allowed are. to change the they, language. They, You're not allowed want... to make up a new word unless it's approved. You're not messing with our language, very, buddy. They want to. They want to protect French. Yeah, they they're do. very proud they of are, that. They're serious. They don't. They don't just make up new words like you know, carperimeter. <laughs> carperimeter. You know, yeah, that's the area around the edge of your carpet in your room that your vacuum cleaner doesn't clean up. That's your carperimeter. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember there was an um, who who did it? Uh, Sniglets. That was uh, not the, necessarily the news. Um, there was a guy who uh, used to do Sniglets. Uh, Rich Hall was the was yeah, the comedian, he, yes. and he published some books and about that. The show that. was not necessarily the news, right? And uh, and he actually was asked about why he quit publishing the books. Why aren't you doing more new ones? And he says because they don't. It's not funny anymore because English just adopted everything. All the things that I thought were funny and weird that were we were listening as Sniglets are all now regular language. He said it's just, you know, English is so flexible. It just, it flexed so much that he says you can't make fun of it because, you know, you know, muskrat. It's the stuff that comes out of a mustard bottle before the mustard does. (laughs) Muskrat. Yeah. Euphoristics is two people waiting for the phone to hang up, waiting for each other, for the other one to hang up first. Wait, what? Uh, so, you know, when you have two people on the phone and the, and you, you're waiting for the other one to hang up first, and so they're both standing there waiting and doing nothing? That's euphoristics. Yes. Euphoristics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did we, did we answer our trivia question yet? We have not. So the question was, which actor has been nominated for the most Academy Awards? Not one, but nominated. What's your guess? Uh, oh, my goodness. Um, uh, oh, my goodness. I really, um, I don't know. Uh, Jack Nicholson. Jimmy's... Okay, so I was going to say Jack. I was. He seemed like the obvious know. choice, right? So you were like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um. Because I think he's also the one that's won the most. Um, so, with huh. most Oscar wins, yeah, Jack Nicholson um, uh, has is tied with Daniel Day Lewis for the most wins. But when it comes to nominations, Daniel Day Lewis is second. Oh no, Spencer Tracy had nine nominations but only two wins. Oh wow, Jack Nicholson. Three wins and drum roll, please. Twelve nominations. Yeah. Oh wow. Twelve nominations and three wins. So who has the best ratio 
Walter Brennan, three wins and only four nominations. Go, Walter. Unless, uh, if you count people who had more than one, right? You know, one nomination, one win, and then you'd fade from movie history. But uh, Walter Brennan, and, and I wouldn't have guessed Walter Brennan. I mean, people who, who remember Walter Brennan, he was the guy who played in a lot of old westerns. <laughs> yeah, kind of guy, you know? That's right. He kind of played Pappy, you know? Uh, now, when he was younger, he played different I don't things. Remember, I remember him as a... Yeah, I remember him as an older gentleman um, because he was older than me by quite a bit. Uh, when he was younger, he played other things. But uh, Walter Andrew Brennan, American actor and singer. Wow, I didn't know that. He did, Again, when I... How um, I, I, you know... When I knew him, I never knew him. Um, he died in 1974 at age 80. So, I mean, he, he was quite a way, ways back. Um, but, uh, yeah, three Academy Awards. Walter Brennan. So. The Affairs of Cappy yeah. Rick. See, I said Pappy. He was Cappy. I was close. Um, yeah. And I, he was, I mean, I, even in his youth, I don't know that he was ever a major um, leading man, but he got an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in a 1936 uh, film, Come and Get It. He got his second Oscar in 1938 for a movie called Kentucky, um, and uh, also a Best Supporting Actor. And then his third one was The Westerner, also Best Supporting Actor, and that was 1940. So... Um, you know, all of his work was done early on. He, he played against like Gary Cooper and Loretta Young and, you know, Fred Astaire. Um, I mean, you know, Eddie Arnold, Edward Arnold, you know, he was in movies with Fritz Lang in the, in the thirties. So, I mean, he was, he was definitely from the golden age of, of, uh, Hollywood back in the thirties and forties. And, uh, Yeah. Yeah, and all of them were for the well, best supporting and, and actor. He also was married to the same woman for 54 years. Well, that's the way you do death. it, man. Good for him. That's right. Ruth Wells. Right? Married in 1920. that doesn't really happen anymore. No. 54 years. Way to go, Walter! Yeah, I remember him from, um, like I said, in the... Uh, I don't even came think of the names of the movies, but he he played in lots of westerns, lots of westerns. You know, westerns were a huge genre in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and even into the early 70s when they started to kind of fade out a little bit. Um, but you know, um, very famous movie from 1946, My Darling Clementine, with Henry Fonda. It was directed by John Ford. I mean, just a classic. And Walter Brennan was that one. Um, he was kind of a villain in that one, and and. Uh, uh, you know, which was unusual. That was sort of against character for him. He, he usually didn't play the villain. He usually played the the sidekick guy that provided a little levity and told you when to laugh, right? You know, when something else was there. He was in movies with John Wayne and Gary Cooper. and um, Yeah. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. So, uh, yeah. He was on a TV show called The Real McCoys, uh, a sitcom about a poor West Virginia family, you know, kind of... Um, not unlike Beverly Hillbillies, not quite a slapstick, and, and and it predated them a little bit, but similar, similar to that. Hmm. I knew a little bit. I, about I don't that. remember that show at all, but 
Rio Maybe Bravo it was, was a John Wayne. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, done in 1963, so it was already off the air before you were born. And you know, it uh, you know some things don't don't get picked up in in reruns a whole lot. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's um, you one know, of them. yeah, yeah. Rio Bravo was a 1959 John Wayne movie with Dean Martin. Uh, and, uh, it was a vehicle for John Wayne and, and he was in that one and played in that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. We got off on a, on a tangent there about Walter Brennan. So, you know, look him up, go watch an old uh, Western movie with Walter Brennan. You'll enjoy it. He's an Academy Award winner three times over. Um, he, Daniel Day Lewis and Jack Nicholson are the only three time winners, uh, when it comes to men, men, uh, yeah, when it I'm going to say that Meryl Streep has probably won three. That would be my guess. So I am now I checking for up. the the women. While you check, while you check, um, uh, a U.S. District Court on Wednesday approved Nike's restraining order request against uh, that company Mischief that created uh-huh. the uh, Little Nas X Satan shoes. Yeah, the um, Satan shoes and, with uh, the yeah, which they basically redesigned them. the Air, the Nike Air Max ninety seven. So they they the order effectively blocks the further sale of the sneakers for now. So, uh, but they they already sold out on their. If you didn't get you know, your blood shoe. shoes, yeah, yeah. I just now I wonder if they've sold them but have not yet delivered them. Are they allowed to deliver them, or are they blocked from doing that at this point? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So it doesn't, it doesn't, this article doesn't say. And, um, yeah, I don't know. The restraining order, so there was a restraining order uh, issued by the Eastern District of New York. Um, oh, yeah, here we go. It says that uh, the Brooklyn-based agency cannot fulfill any orders. Um uh, the restraining order, there was a restraining order that was approved after 665 pairs of the shoes priced at, you know, $1,018 sold out on Monday after just one minute. So, mm-hmm. um, well, yeah. those who are collectors so, are going to go, wow, one of only 618 worth every dime can probably turn around and sell them on eBay for a lot more right now if you can authenticate them, right? Yeah, probably. The question Probably. is, do you hold on to them? Will the rate, will the price go up even higher, or will he, or you know, he'll come out with another version that's been slightly modified and it's not as cool. And those six hundred and eighteen will be worth even more if you're a speculator in that area. I have information on the actors with the most Oscars. Meryl Streep is not the first, and in fact, she's tied for second. Um. Okay. Famous female actress. Catherine Hepburn. You got her. She Catherine she Hepburn. has. Yep, Meryl Streep has three, along with Jack Nicholson, Daniel Day-Lewis, and Walter Brennan. Catherine Hepburn has four Oscars to her name for acting. Yeah. Yeah. Kate wow. takes, the, takes the prize. Yep. She so, died at age 96 in 2003. Yeah, she got her last one with On Golden Pond. Yeah. And the other the one that uh, Meryl Streep is tied with, Ingrid Bergman. Oh. Cool. I know she got one for Casablanca. What else did she get one for? 
Uh, Hepburn. Uh, let's see. No, Ingrid Bergman. Oh, um, yeah. Let me see. Ingrid. Ingrid Bergman. Swedish. I want to be alone. Um, yeah, that wasn't her. That was. Um, let's see. Numerous accolades. Uh, come on, show me her awards. 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 Here we go. Academy Awards. She won for in 1944 for Gaslight. She oh, did not yeah. win. Uh, she won in 1956 for Anastasia, and her last one was in 1974 as Best Supporting Actress. The other two were both Best Actress. This was for Supporting Actress on Murder on the Orient Express. So she didn't win one for Casablanca. She did not. Interesting. Yeah. I think Humphrey Bogart did. Yeah, possibly. Interesting. This yeah. is trivia radio. <laughs> it seems to be. We've, we, we're on a, a trivia roll. And I'm just saying, roll with it. Roll with it. Uh. So this goes into the everything is stupid category. Apparently, the president is endorsing moving Major League Baseball's All-Star game out of Georgia. And he is lauding... Because um, uh, oh, somebody in, in Georgia said something that offended somebody once somewhere. Because they don't like the the, the, the voting or the voting bill that they're trying to uh, that is that has been signed in um, in Georgia. That yeah, which I have read and it doesn't. I don't think there's anything in there that's bad at all. Not even yeah. you know. But they're trying to make it sound like that this is voter suppression and Jim Crow has returned to Georgia, which is all hokum. It hasn't. Um, but he, he, the president is saying that he likes, you know, he, he's lauding, uh, uh, using sports to push politics. I'm getting tired um, of sports I, being I, involved I, in politics. I just want to watch the sports. I That's why I watch sports. So I don't have to think about all the other stuff. Yes. Yes. It, I don't, I think politics has infected every part of our daily lives and I don't like yeah. it at all. I'm tired of getting preached at by the political folk. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, the wolf I, I'm, and I'd be the last one to say that that a, um, you know, that a um, uh, sports personality or or athlete is has should not have an opinion or voice their opinion. They have every right to have an opinion, every right to voice their opinion. Um, you know, it it just that should not be have anything to do with how the sport is run. You know. Unless they're unless the issue is, you know, there's a law that's preventing them from playing a game or they're or they're, you know, it's forcing them to change. Then 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 the sport should have, you know, as a sport should have something to say. But sports, you know, taking political stands one way or the other, I get tired of it, you know, and I, I do too. and again, you know, again, individuals, I completely respect their rights to have and voice opinions. But as a an organization, I, I don't think that they should be doing that much but um you know i mean i can understand too that you know there are a lot of people who say but you know if if organizations don't step up then then you know we would you know never have had uh you know integration in baseball because you know the dodgers decided to step up yeah but right? that's different I mean, that was directly impacting the sport that wasn't taking true. a uh, which which a, was my first point politics that has yeah. nothing to do with baseball right yeah. No, you're right. 
I, I, I agree. The other thing is, is that people, before they, you know, spout off on we're going to do this because we hate what this, you know, this, this rule that's being passed in this state, maybe they should read it and actually see what it says as opposed to just reacting to what they're being told it says because that sometimes seems like what happens, you know? Yeah. No, that's exactly what happens. And it's very and frustrating. So, you know, don't buy into the hype that people are telling you. Yeah. 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 Just say no. Absolutely. Uh, Catherine Hepburn, by the way, won her first Oscar in 1934 for Morning Glory. It was a Best Actress award. All four of hers were Best Actress, by the way. None of them were Supporting Actress. And then the next one didn't happen until 1968. 34 oh my gosh. years. A 34 year span. And then she gets another Best Actress for Guess Who's Coming to Dinner in 1968. And then backs it up with Lion in Winter in 1969. Which was a tie with. Uh, uh, wow. Uh, oh, okay. I guess Barbara, Barbara Streisand and, and uh, uh, Louise Rayner have both won back-to-back Oscars in consecutive years. So that's what it was. Um, but she won Guess Who's Coming Dear in Line and Winner were two, or number two and number three, and the last one was on Golden Pond in 82. So, you know, she, she would, you know, 34 years. I wonder what the longest span is between, like, winning one and winning a second one. 34 years has got to be close. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, we've gone deep enough into the trivia stuff. Just interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. (laughs) What can I say? You know, a chocolate is the seldom used third hole on an electrical outlet. Wait, what? Mm -hmm. A chocolate is the seldom used third hole on an electrical outlet. It's yeah, it's another snake. I thought you said chocolate, not chocolate. Oh. Oh, gotcha. A, a, a chocolate. I wasn't. I wasn't putting enough emphasis emphasis on the chocolate. It was chocolate. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> ah, communication. When you yotate, you're allowing a yo-yo to unwind itself. Oh my god. Ah, <laughs> oh, Rich Hall, where are you when we need you? So apparently, another happy clappy news. According to the Daily Wire, the U.S. military in Europe is on high alert following a buildup of Russian forces in eastern Ukraine, uh, a, a situation that has reportedly escalated sharply in recent days after four Ukrainian soldiers were killed during a battle against Russian-backed forces. Um, and so maybe they're thinking uh, our current president is a mentally declining, weak president and so they're going to take advantage and invade the rest of ukraine i was going to say when his previous boss was there they basically took over chunks of ukraine so now that he now that now that that group is back in charge they figure they can just take the rest of it uh that's what it's looking like it's like you know they took took major chunks of ukraine and and their seaports and basically nothing happened and so they went well those guys are back so now we can take some more Great. Great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's something to to being a loose cannon in the White House, right? Because people are afraid of what you might do. Maybe maybe that wasn't a bad thing. 
um, in certain I mean, ways. Paul, Paul if he could have been a loose cannon and just shut up more often, I think people would have been fine. <laughs> just constant well, Twitter, twittering and the... driving us absolutely batty. Oh, couldn't get out of his own way. Yeah, I mean, you can call you can say you can call Trump lots of things. Weak is not one of them. No. No. Humble is not one of them, but <laughs> thoughtful is not one of them. There's lots of words you can call him, but uh, but we can pick a few that you can't call him. But you're right. Um, and I say thoughtful. He clearly was thoughtful. And I think a lot of what he did was calculated. It's just his his style and presentation was obnoxious to so many people. Um, uh, and I'll include myself in that. I, you know, I, I did not care for his personality traits and the way he chose to communicate. And I could say that before he was president. I, d- I did not find him his, or his shows entertaining because I did not find him entertaining. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's a personal taste thing. And I think part of like that we've talked about it before. I think that's partially just a New York thing, too. Although I've known people in New York that I like and, and get along with just fine. So uh, but definitely a different sort of uh, adversarial take on the world around you. Right. More so than, than yes. sort of well, California. That's why they perceive California as being so laid back because we're not as adversarial in our just day to day interacting with each other. Right. Right. Well, and the, and you know, the Trump had a relentless press just after him relentlessly. Um, right. Everything that he did was blown out of proportion, everything. And so when, when he did say something stupid, you know, it was like, God, again, stop it. You yeah. know, um, yeah, because everything was just everything was was up crisis level for the entire entirety of his presidency. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, From it was completely, completely um, biased and unfair representation from the mainstream press of, you know, him saying good morning. I mean, it was it was yes. ludicrous. Um, it was know, ludicrous. by the same token, by the same token, you know, this president, the current president you know, stumbles on trying to get onto Air Force One and they don't mention it, you know, Trump sneezes as he walks out a door and he's like spreading germs and he's terrible and he's an awful guy. Um, yes. Granted, COVID's going on. It's a different thing. But you know what I mean? It's just it was. I do. Um, yeah, it it was it, it was so patently obvious that they were treating him differently than they had treated his predecessor just because they don't like him and they like his predecessor. And uh you know, and and unfortunately, then the the um, more right leaning press ended up sort of like trying to counter that by being the exact opposite. You know, although you know the 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 liberal press accused the right leaning press of being the same way against their you know their preferred politicians. So I don't know. Like I said, we, we you know everything is stupid. Yeah, I mean, if it's wrong, I keep it's defaulting wrong. back to your 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 motto. I just I want a shirt. Everything is stupid. <laughs> you know, put it on my hat. I don't need another Lakers hat. I don't need another Dodgers hat. Go win the championship. I don't need your hat. What I need is everything t-shirt. is stupid. Yeah. That's what I want. <laughs> so, well... With that, we are about at the end of our show for today. (laughs) 
Are Todd? we? Are we really? Yeah. Is everything? Oh, now see, here's closest I could find. I'm trying to find an everything is stupid T-shirt. Best I could find is one that says 95% of people are stupid, <laughs> which I think is only off by about five percent. <laughs> It says under here, it says, good thing I'm in the other 10%. That's what the T-shirt says. So, yeah. Now, I'll even throw myself in with the group. I'm not trying to be a, 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 uh, an elitist. Everything is stupid. Well, so I did find a T-shirt on Amazon that says, everything is stupid and we're all going to die. <laughs> there you go. That's close. That's really close. So with that, we really do have to call it a morning. We do. And I'm Todd Brinker. Thanks for joining us today. We'll be back tomorrow. Whoop.